0: Guys, pay attention back here. They doing a good job. Um, that's right. We made well, from what we counted and what we think we have spent to uh, for the supplies. I'm pretty sure we made somewhere over two thousand dollars for yesterday. So that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that is more than what we thought we would have made. Um, total with everything. So that, that's, that's uh, well above and beyond. And God's blessed. And people's messaged me on the side, hey, I wasn't able to be there, but here I want to send you this amount. And so they just gave. And, and so that's, it's, it's nothing but God and, and hard work from y'all. Okay. Cause couldn't have done it without y'all. If we, if we tried to do this ourselves with just two or three people, there wasn't no way it would have, it would have went off. But, uh, fish, uh, I'm not a huge let's get a bunch of catfish and cook it fan, but that fish yesterday was just amazing. Especially right out of the fryer, if it's sitting there in the basket and you just pick one out. I don't know if y'all done that. I did. It was really good. But um, but yeah, so I, that's awesome. And something was said about doing it in two months. I don't believe we'll do it in two months from now because that's June. We'll be in the middle of vacation Bible school and it'll be hot. I don't I don't know that. Uh, um, we would have the day that we did yesterday with the weather, about 70 degrees and, and some breeze blowing, to uh, stand over a bunch of fryers and cook fish. So we'll we'll talk about it and do it again sometime September, October area, something like that, um, and and pray for another another good weather day. But um, but yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like I said, I'm, I put it on Facebook this morning. I I am honored to be your pastor of a great group of family and people here at the church. I promise. Um, it is it is it is really good. Um, Vacation Bible School meeting, if you want to help and participate in leading and helping in Vacation Bible School, again, that'll be June 14th, 21st, and 28th on three Wednesday nights like we did last year um, from 6 to 8. The, the theme, if you wasn't here when we talked about it last time, the theme is called Food Truck, Rolling with Jesus, I think it is, something like that. So um bunch of different games and stuff for, for the kids. And if you want a t-shirt, there's a sign-up sheet on the back wall. They're $10 a piece. And we want to get those in, the, the money in for that by next Sunday to where we can get these shirts ordered to make sure they'll be here. Um, so we'll meet right after church in that back room just for a few minutes and talk. And, and Jeannie's got some stuff she wants to go over about the Vacation Bible School. She says she needs leaders as people to step up and do something, okay? It's great to come here and just sit around, but as we all worked last night, we got to work with this also. Um, And then some of you yesterday saw a hat that that I got given to me with our church logo on it. So I text, uh, Gabby's stepmom gave it to me, and um, I text her this morning and said, Hey, I had several people want some hats. So she texted, she talked to the woman that made the hat for me, and there's a, a list on the back table I put back there this morning um, that's got different colors on it. And put what style you want or what color. And if it's not camo, they're $20 a piece, which is not bad. And this What I got yesterday, if you know anything about hats, was a Richardson 112, which is a good-fitting hat. Um, it's just a brand. But it's a really good-fitting hat. And, uh, and there's three camo styles on there, but she said those would be more. I put $25, I don't know how much more, but if it's more than $25, we will make sure that, uh, that that other part's taken care of. So sign that up, and we'll get that together and, and get some hats ordered. Um, so, all right, and I don't know that it, Daddy mentioned it, but National Day of Prayer is May the 4th, so if we do this at the town hall, it's at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m., um, it's always a good time meeting over there and praying for, for not this town, our, our our county, our local government, state government, federal government, all those that are in charge over us, as the Bible tells us to, and we need to take advantage of that, um, that they even let us call it National Day of Prayer still. But we get to join together and pray to our God and Father. So remember that on May the 4th. All right, so that is all the announcements. So let's receive our offering. All right? Amen. Yeah. I don't. Nobody come up to me with prayer requests this morning, but you know what you need prayer for. If you got something that you can, you can say it. It's okay, and we'll pray for it, pray about it. But um, you know, I, I, I have somebody that I need y'all to pray for. His name's Jonathan Fuller. Um, I won't go into the whole situation with this young man and his family, but it's a messed up thing, uh, and so we'll leave it at that. Yes, Miss Pat. Okay. That's Miss Pat's son-in-law that broke his foot we prayed for her a couple weeks ago, um, finally getting surgery on it. She showed me a picture of that, and it's, uh, um, it's not good looking. But I do have a praise report, and she's sitting right there by Roger Trembley, and that would be Jessica. And so we prayed for Jessica. She went through some stuff, but God's brought her out, and she's here. And so we want to thank God for it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So God's going to continue to work and move in our life and we just we're just praying for her and continue to pray for it. So So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and praise you and we just thank you for the time we've had together this morning already, for the time we've got to spend Um, singing praises to Your name and about You and what You've done for us and just glorifying and honoring Your name because that's why we're here. That's why we do this and so we can meet and join together. And I just pray for that same Spirit to carry on through the time of Word this morning that we open up our hearts and minds and receive this morning what You have for us. And God, we just stay content and, and Father, knowing that You're here in this place and we're gathered together in one Spirit and one accord and in unity this morning and that we're going to see Your hand move in a mighty way through people's hearts and changing people's lives this morning, and we just thank you for it. God, we bring his needs to you right now. We pray for Jonathan Fuller, God, that you touch him this morning, that you, uh, with him and his whole family, with his whole situation, that they come to know you as a Lord and personal Savior, and that you just you just touch and move in their lives. We pray for Shannon this morning, God, as he's getting the surgery on his foot next week, God, that you touch him. Be with him during this time. Be with the doctors doing the surgery, God, that you just... Uh, that, that He have a speedy recovery through this whole thing, and we thank You for it. God, we just lift up this time of, of giving this morning in obedience to Your Word, as Your Word says, and that You bless and touch each and every person in here. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. That's right. You never heard that song. It's run, devil, run. By Crowder. Run, devil, run. You know, it says when we submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and he must flee. So he's running. He's running. Now, he's going to run back and do it again, but he's got to run. Because the name of Jesus, he can't stand in that presence in the name of Jesus. He can't be there. Amen. All right, children, go to children's church. All right, y'all can turn to Genesis chapter 3 this morning. Genesis chapter 3. So, just a little insight into this word that I feel like God's given this morning is that there was a a situation I talked about a little bit Wednesday night that come up this week. And, And through that, I felt, you know, because the me part of the whole thing wanted to say things that I that wouldn't have helped anything. And But I felt the Holy Spirit quickly come to me and says, Don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. And I said, Yes. Yes, sir. And so I just started praying and prayed for my attitude to the whole thing and what was going on, and, and through that, I believe, and God's going to move, and God's going to work, and because I was obedient, and didn't take the bait of what was going on, of what I wanted to do, and got myself out of the way, because we know, we talk about it a lot here, and we're going to talk about it more, because that's why we're here, we're here to hear the Word of God, but also strengthen ourselves spiritually, so we can go out from here, and be just as strong outside of here than what we as what we feel like we are inside here. Right? Because there's strength in numbers. When they have a rally or a protest, if they have two or three, nobody pays attention, do they? But when there's a group of people, and and then other people start showing up for the same cause and the same thing going on, it's no different than us meeting together in church. We're here for the same purpose and the same reason. And that's to glorify God. And as we go out from here, we'll carry His presence with us and the boldness we have in here with us and be able to carry that outside the doors and stand in the face of situations and trials, as we've already heard this morning, and be what God's called us to be outside of these walls. Because here, I've said it a bunch, it's easy. Out there it's hard and we all know it. But we can do it because God's with us. But we know that the devil's main goal and purpose in life, and our life, is to keep us defeated, broke down, to where we don't know where God's at, we don't know where we are, and just keep us in a fog our whole life. That's what he wants. Keep us discontent, angry, argumentative all the time, nothing makes us happy, and we look no different than anybody else in the world. That's his main push and goal. Why? Because, listen, Satan was in heaven. He was God's angel of music. He was God's minister of music in heaven. And pride built up when we know He sent Him to hell. You realize that God did not create hell for man. Okay? God is not sending people to hell. He will never send anybody to hell. And You say, why, why is people going? Because they choose to. Because they choose to reject Him in their life. And so, therefore, they're sending their selves to that place. Just as the devil and a third of the angels in heaven sent themselves to that place. God didn't make it for man. He made it for Satan. God created earth, and we're going to read about it in a minute, for man. He created this, this earth we live on for us. To be with him, to commune with him, and live in an eternity perfect with him. He also put the devil in this same area to where he could roam about. Why? Because he wanted us to have a free will to love him. And so many times, and we see it in our own life, we take the bait that he's throwing out there. And, and so I'll use plenty of fishing analogies this morning because that's where it just seemed like it's taken. But, you know, when we go fishing, and I'll use Daddy just because I know what he's got on his boat. He's all excited to get this live scope. Bradley's got one. Do you have one? Most fishermen do. They, I mean, these, these guys that are big into these tournaments, they got these spotlight trolling motors to where they can just step on a thing right there and it keeps them right there. I'm used to fighting a trolling motor in the wind and daddy up until he got this boat had the tiller steer and you trying to do this and keep it here and it won't work and, and it's just aggravating. But that live scope, if you've never used one, and look, you can watch your bait just sink to the, Sink down there and see all the fish and know exactly where they're at. And now I know somebody that can't fish because he couldn't get it to work the other day and didn't catch anything hardly. Ain't that right, Mark? It wasn't Mark. It was the guy he was with that was a boat owner that's got so used to this seeing everything perfectly that when he don't have it, he's like, we we didn't do nothing. I didn't know where they were at. That's how I'm used to fishing with him the whole time. I've not been with him since he's got a live scope. I'm used to just going here and trying to figure out how to read the sonar on his boat. I think that's a fish right there. I think that little hook or whatever is maybe. And we'd fish a little bit and not catch nothing. Well, I guess that ain't it. So we'd go over here. Now you don't have to worry about that no more if it works. But he's also told me of times that he's thrown a, a, a lure down there and fish all around and they not touch it. Not even looking at it. And, and there'd be a bunch of fish there and they didn't like it. They didn't like the color. They didn't like what it looked like. It should have been a minnow. It should have been this color or that or whatever and not do it. And we all know that we, we when people go fishing, they don't take two or three things. They have an old tackle box full of stuff. And if this don't work, then we're tying something else on so and throwing it out there. Nope, throwing something else. Why? All to get the fish to try to bite it. But you realize that a fish does not have... The ability to reason. A fish does not realize, its brain is, cannot have the capacity to understand as we do, that, no, that's that's not a minnow. I know that's not a minnow right there. I know that's not a cricket. I know that that's fake. That's not what I want. No, they see something shiny. They see something, an instinct kicks in, and they bite it. But the devil's doing the same thing to us in our life every day. The only difference is He knows what we like to look at. He knows what will get our eyes off of what God has for us. Because there's a lot of us, and I deal with it, ADD kicks in. And we see something shiny and we're like, Hey, let me look over here for a second. Let me look over here. Let me look back here. Let me do all this because we see something shiny and sparkly. And and then once He can get us to look at it, and get us attracted to it, then a lot of times we go and just grab it. And we all know what's on the end of a hook. It's not just a hook that's just just up there with a point on it. If it was, then a lot of fish would get off. But it's got these barbs that come back on it, doesn't it? And those barbs help hold that in their lip to where they can't just spit it out like they need to. Trust me, I've had one cut out of my foot before. I had I'd spilt some in a carpet when I was little and I'll slide my feet across the floor and one got caught on the bottom of that big toe. And that barb would not let go of that meat under my foot. We had to go to the doctor or the emergency room and get it cut out. So those barbs work. When we when when we attach ourselves to the things that's shiny we're looking at, we're over here, instead of here where we need to be, then all along we're getting we're getting pull just a little further and a little further and we can fight it and, and we should we're supposed to and spit that thing out but a lot of times we don't because we like where we're at at the moment and we just keep getting reeled in now this can be a lot of areas in our life and we're going to read about those things and talk about them but this all started in the garden of eden this all started with adam and eve god placed man and woman in that garden And and told them they had they 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 didn't have but one or two rules, they were to they were to tend that garden and replenish the earth and multiply and replenish the earth. It's a perfect life. They didn't have to do nothing. And you can use your imagination for what they had to do to replenish the earth and what they had in nothing. God it says God planted the garden. God planted the garden. So, you know in, in in Genesis chapter three. Starting in verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to woman, and I'm not don't preach on women this morning, and this is all y'all's fault, okay? Because us men, just like we still do today, when a woman says something, we're like, okay. And we're like, right there. So Adam was doing the same thing that men still do today. So it's not just women. We both had a hand in this. Man should have stopped it and stepped up and be the man that God set him in place and charge over and said, no, you don't need to put that down and leave it alone. Alright. Now the serpent is more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God has made and said to the woman, has God indeed said? First, first, first piece of bait right there. First little shiny little, little thing on that, uh, on that spinnerbait that you look at. Has God indeed said? Has God said? Has God really said that there's only one way to heaven? Has God really said that I shouldn't be in this relationship? Has God really said that I, that this, that, look, it's okay for just a little bit. You know, we can do things against what the Bible says because because of God's grace. I, last night I said something in, in this place where I was at helping somebody and there was some stuff going on, and I said, well, it wouldn't look good, you know, for a pastor of a church to physically get involved with this thing. Now I said, I would if I had to defend myself. but and, and they said, we can just go to church in the morning and ask forgiveness of it. And I said, well, I think I believe I serve a big enough God that can stop it before it gets to that point. And they were like, okay. But that's where their mindset and process, thought process was, and that's where we get a lot of times. Well, it's okay for just a little while because God will forgive me. So it's okay, as we're going to read in a little bit, to live and have these lusts of the flesh working in our lives because God will forgive us. But all that is is bait. All that is is lures. All that is is shiny stuff that the devil wants us to see. But it's okay. And we've let that be okay in the church. And we know in the world it's okay because everything's okay out there, but we let that sink in these walls. And we don't want to preach against it because we don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. We don't want to, we don't want to step on nobody's toes. We want to keep coming to church. We want to sing the right kind of music and act the right kind of way every time we're here. And, and then everything will be happy. Everybody will be okay. And, and we can all just get along and live in a good world. Just as we've heard this morning, we don't live in a good world. Bad things happen. Things happen. But it all started with, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. So God set two trees in the garden. All these other trees He set and said, you can eat of any of them. And back over in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 8. It says God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there He put the woman, or the man who had formed out of the ground. The Lord God made every tree grow that was pleasant in the sight for good, for food. So two trees. And the tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So Satan was not trying to get her to eat of the tree of life. We know that. The tree of life would mean that they could live forever. Nothing would be wrong, and that's what they ate of. God didn't tell them they couldn't eat of that tree, so they had they had rules. They had two rules. we done said that tend to the garden and be fruitful and multiply. So I guess three. But another one, the only bad, only, only major thing he said, do not eat of this tree lest you die. Don't even touch it. Stay away. But well, what's that mean? That means Satan knows. Hey, that's that shiny bait I can put in their eye, and I can trick them to eating of that fruit. Why? Because that's what He does. He does the same thing to us today. And He said and, and on in chapter, chapter 2 and verse 16, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you eat it, you shall surely die. And we know that Adam and Eve didn't die right then after they ate the fruit. It started the process of dying. That's why today, when we are born, we start the process of dying. As soon as we come into this world. So we're not meant to live forever anymore as God had planned it and wanted it for us because we all took the bait. Adam and Eve took the bait. So then then we know, Eve knew. We all know the Word of God. If you're a Christian in here, especially if you've been raised in the South, you know and you've heard the Ten Commandments at least once in your life. So we know we should not kill, steal. We should not commit adultery. We should not bear false witness. We should not covet. We should not have no other gods before us. We know all these things. Just as Eve knew she wasn't supposed to do this. But just as Eve knew she wasn't supposed to do this, she done it. Just as we know we're not supposed to do these things in our life, we still do them. Why? Because it's shiny and good for us. It makes us feel good. It's what I want to do. And just as Satan was trying to trick Adam and Eve into saying, Hey, you're your own God. It's the same thing he's doing with us. You're your own person. You should make what you want to do make yourself happy, because nobody else can make you happy but you. And so everything you do should be about you. You know, we young people, they said, Well, they need time to go live and 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 figure out what they want to do and find themselves. No, they don't. They need to get in the word of God and know it. But they won't know how to do that because their parents at home are not showing them how to do that and not living that life in front of them because mom and dad's arguing all the time and, and they're so confused they don't want to know. And then they go off and well, we just got to find ourselves. So, so what are we doing? We're, we're trying to teach a generation to do something that we're not willing to do ourselves. I'm talking to me also this morning. Okay. I've never told my children, well, just, just go take some time to yourself and go find yourself. Because I don't believe that that's right. Because when, as we know, when man's left to himself, self, it never turns out good. It never does. Because why? Because Satan's right there. And when we're to ourself and we want to do things on our own, then we're just looking back at what I want to do. And then so I can go smoke it up, drink it up, sex it up to make me feel good for a little while. Because that makes me feel good. And now I found myself, and then I come back. Well, God's grace and mercy is there, sure, to forgive us of those times when we find ourselves. No, what we've really done is we got ourselves into a hole, and we don't know how to get out, and now we're addicted to all these things and can't see anything but that in front of us and don't know how to turn away from it. So, come on. Y'all with me this morning? All right, just making sure. I know y'all worked hard and are tired. I'll try to keep y'all entertained till y'all can look up. If you name me to I'll play a video up here. Because we all know as we're watching TV, we don't fall asleep as much. All right. I do. Let's put it that way. Me and Gabby, we were sitting there at night and watching something, and she's five minutes later, I'm snoring. She's like, go to bed. I can't even listen to the TV. You're snoring so loud. So anyway, all right. Get back to where we're at. So Eve knew the what God said. We don't touch it unless we die. And and he said. Then the serpent said to the woman, "You will not surely die." I said, "I'm throwing that I'm throwing that spinner bait out, throwing that crappie crappie jig out there. We're gonna reel it in slow, right past them. I know they're right there. Let me just let me slow down a little bit. Maybe if I worked it up and down, they might see it better. I need to be fishing a little deeper, fishing a little shallower." He knew exactly what to say and what to do. He said, "You won't die." For God knows, and they you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. That sounds great. We all know the difference between good and evil. But without Jesus as our standard and God as our standard, guess what? We'd all be evil. There's a lot of people that's in the world that do good, but they're evil because they don't know Jesus. They they Good's on a certain level, on a certain standard of the world, but we know God's good is up here. And the world can never meet that. There's some good people in this world, but good people are going to hell. So, he said, you, "You you'll be your own god. You'll be as god. You'll be like the Marvel movies. You'll be eternal. You'll be all this." I know JJ brought that up the other night. And and you'll be a superhero. What is what does the world look for? What is what is the big one of the biggest blockbusters in in, in the movie theaters now? Superhero movies, right? Always has been. Why? Because he can look at a man that can, Superman that can do all these kind of things, and and faster than a speeding bullet, you know, jump over a building in a single bound, whatever, stop a freight train, and we're like, oh, that's so awesome. Where did you think? Where did they come up with that idea? I know. Y'all know where they might have come up with somebody that could be immortal and and do all this stuff and not die. And even if he died, he rose again. That sounds like Jesus to me. So the world's version of that is all this stuff we see on the screen, which is all fake, which is all temporary. And that's just more. And I'm not saying those things are evil. Don't get me wrong, but people get wrapped up. I think some weekend coming up, they're having that Comic-Con. And I don't get into that. I'm, I'm not going up there as a grown man dressed in a tight suit. I'm not. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see them up there as grown people doing all that kind of stuff. But a lot of people's into that. And I ain't saying there's anything wrong with it. It's just not for me. But it's some of that bait that we take. And then we get our minds so wrapped up in that, that that's what we believe in. And we think that's so real, but yet you talk to most of them people and they won't even believe in Jesus. But they'll believe in a figure that they see on a screen that's fake and dress up like them but won't believe in the Word of God, which is written down and, and passed down through history and, and proven itself time and time again and won't do anything with that. I, I just can't believe in that. All right. So so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree desirable to make one wise, she took its fruit and ate. She took the bait. She reached up and grabbed it. And as soon as she bit on it, that barb grabbed her and said, I got him." I got him. Same thing He does with us. I got them. I got them. I can make them think that they're worthless, useless, all this stuff they want to. Now, why? Because He tempts us. And then He's called the accuser of the brother. He tempts us with those things. The shiny things. The, the things of this world that look good for a moment. The, the living in fornication and adultery and all these kind of things that make us feel good for a moment. Doing all this stuff. But then he accuses us after we fall into him, doesn't he? Every time. I can speak to that as somebody that deals with it on a daily basis. You know, tempting, and I'm saying I fall into sin every day. Don't get me wrong. But has dealt with that in times past and in my life. And if I don't keep myself guarded, then I'll take the bait of something I know I'm not supposed to. I told you you wasn't over that. I told you that you couldn't do better than that. Look at you, you're supposed to be a pastor. Same thing to you before I become a pastor. Look at you, you're supposed to be a child of God. You're supposed to be a Christian. So he goes from tempting to accusing. Same thing he did with Eve and Adam right here. And so she gave it to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. All because he started out with those words. Has God indeed said? And all fell from there. She had power over him to say, "No, we're not doing that." And I guarantee you, that wasn't the first time Satan had come to him. Because most of the time, as us, we, you know, when we know who we are in Christ Jesus, the first time Satan comes to us and tempts us with different things in our life and tries to put things in front of us, you know, we'll have a moment, especially on Sundays. No, I'm not. Uh-uh, I'm not doing that. But come by Tuesday, brings the same thing to us and throw it out there. We might bite it. Monday evening, bite it. Why? Because we've went away and not really we've listened to the Word of God. We've kind of heard it a little bit, but didn't put it use in our life. Because because we we had a busy weekend and we're just here for a couple hours. And I hope we don't preach long because I need to go through this, this, and this. I need to take a nap from yesterday because I'm tired. But guess what? I told somebody. Didn't ask them if they went to church on. On Easter Sunday. And he's like, no, I was lazy. I was like, yeah, Jesus was too. He's like, I know. But that's the way we are. Not just Easter Sunday, but every Sunday. Because we want to see our next thing. What's coming up next. Because it all started with, has God really said? Has God really said that I need to go to church? Now, I can be a Christian at home. You can. But you're not going to live a Christian life out of your home because you're not practicing out in the open. You're not living it out in the open. There's a lot of Christians that think that they don't need all this to be a Christian. But I promise, and we most of us know it, that's been out of church for a while, if you're not here in a church and in an assembly with others, here in the true Word of God, then your Christian life is not going to look so Christian. It's not going to look so Christ-like. Because why? Because you're taking that bait of the world all the time. So that wasn't the first time, but he got on that time. Here's one thing that I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me through this this week, and this is just me. And I pray that you get something out of it. That, you know, there's the devil's throwing things at us, trying to make us take the bait, take those things. God has never laid down good things and let us, I mean, in that, in that, in that sense, uh, He's never going to lay down a trail. Well, you're just following me. I'll, I'll leave these little good droppings for you here and there, and you can pick up that candy and that good stuff, and try to lead us along. No, he's leading us, and he's there for us. But I believe that he's fixed us a table, and everything we need and want and could need in life is on that table. Because David, David talked about it. There's a few places in the Bible where he references a table and sitting at the table with Jesus or at the table with God. And in Psalms 23, it's one of the most, most known psalms in the whole Bible. We all know it. We can, most I know Daddy can quote it by, by heart. I've heard him read it at so many funerals and different things going on. He don't even have to open his Bible to it. And most of us would probably be that way, or a lot of us would. But he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still water. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a table. God's not just throwing stuff out there hoping we get it. He's like, no, it's right here. And we're sitting at the table looking at all the good stuff of God. Looking at all this stuff. And we see something over here we look up away from. It. And the next thing we know we're backing our chair out from the table. And we're going and doing our own thing again. When everything we need is right here. Right here at the table. Sitting with God. Sitting with Jesus and letting Him feed us. letting Him, Letting Him mold us. Letting Him comfort us. Letting Him show us the real things in life that we need. And it's all right there for us. But we reject it so many times because it's not what we like at the time because then again we become our own God why well, I don't I don't want green bean casserole today I want banana pudding JJ I want I want something else besides what's here that God's fixed for me when God's saying all the time no this is what you need today this is what you, if you will understand that if you get your spirits built up and stay built up, then your physical body will be able to go and perform and do what you need to every day. You'll be able to speak boldly. You'll be able to not have anxiety fits when you need to we need to witness to somebody. When you need to talk to somebody about Christ. When you need to pray for somebody. Why? Because you are moving yourself out of the way and taking those things that God has for us. And they're all found right here in the word of God. They're all found through supplication and prayer. And supplication with Him and spending time with Him is where they're found. We're never going to know what He has for us if we don't sit at the table and open up the Word of God and see what's there. And we'll go through this life just going here and going there and trying to grab this for a little bit. And no, I I don't want that. I'm going to grab this over here. No, I'm not happy here. Let me get this. When the whole time He's got a table prepared for us in the presence of our enemies. Every time he, there's no, he never runs out on that table. There's never leftovers. It's all new every day. Never. God's God's not a God of leftovers. He said, well, I'll give Jimbo this. Well, what I get left over, I'll give it to Brent. He's not doing that. He said, no, I got plenty for you. I got plenty for you. I got plenty for you. And the only way we're going to know what's there is we're at the table eating and not worried about what's around. Not trying to be our own God and get in our own way and do our own thing all the time. And and so, when when we get out of our way, God can do what He wants to for us. And through that, we know that the one who wrote the Psalms, he wrote the Psalms, okay? It's in the Bible. That's big. There's no book of Mark Carroll in this Bible of anything that I've ever said that's going to be written down in the Word of God. David did. And we know David's still messed up because he... Left the table that God had prepared for him and done his own thing and then went here and went there. When we get up and get out, we're just, we're in the flesh. We want to stay in the flesh, we want to live in the flesh. We don't want nobody to tell us any different because we're comfortable in the flesh. We're comfortable in our lives. A lot of us are. I could ask you, you say, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And, there's, and then there's some in here say, like, no, I want things to change. They're not going to change as long as we're fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Now, these scriptures we're reading this morning, we've 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 heard them over and over and over. There's nothing new in the Word of God. We come here to hear the Word of God preached over and over and over. We're preaching it. It's up to us to take it out from here and live it. It's two different things. I could preach to you every Sunday and go out and live like a heathen. It wouldn't last long because it would catch up with me. But I'm not doing that. And I pray that when you come here, you don't hear the Word of God and go out and live different. You come to the table. We all come here wanting to be fed for a little bit. And then we leave and go do our own thing. Galatians chapter 5. In verse sixteen, says, so "I say then, walk in the spirit; and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust of the flesh, for the lust, for the flesh lust against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and the are the contrary one to another. So that you do not do the things you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident; these are evident; these are things seen in your life." People are looking at you and they can see these things in your life. You're looking at you in a mirror and you know these things are in your life. You know there's some part of this that you are not fully over, that you still struggle with and that you need help with. And the only way you're going to get it is to get out of the flesh and get into the Spirit of God. And let Him feed you and to come back to that table where we don't see these things in our life working and poking their ugly head at anymore. Adultery. Fornication. You know what fornication is? Do I need to, do I need to paint a picture, spell it out? We're all adults here, right? Young people, fornication. One one form of fornication and adultery is the same as a man cheating on a woman, woman on a wife, on a man. Fornication is doing those things what you're not supposed to do outside of marriage. It's fornication. Bible calls us to keep ourselves pure and holy before Him. And when we get those things out of order, there's forgiveness there. But we can't just keep living in that every day. Why? Because we all know fornication, especially as a male, those things make, make men feel good, don't they? Alright? Might want to get that. I'm joking. I'm joking with you. I understand. I understand. Fornication. It's easy. In this world we live in today, fornication is not even a word. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to deal with it. It's okay. I know, but it's okay. We can just live together. It's okay. Just live together. Hey, I'm talking to me, okay? Can I be honest? Me and Gabby lived together three weeks before we got married. I was going to move over there and she's going to stay at her mom's. No, that didn't work. Yeah, I was wrong. We know we was wrong in living in sin. You say, well, you're good now. Yes, but I didn't have to go through that and deal with that had I done exactly what I knew to do. I knew the Word back then. I knew that that was wrong back then. And so now since I've done that, I can have experience with that and tell others, hey, you don't need to do that. You don't need to have sex before marriage. You don't need to put the cart before the horse. You don't need to do all these things to where... You're living for flesh. You're seeing the shiny things over here. Why is, why is pornography a multi-billion dollar industry in this, in this country? Why? Not just for men, for women also. Because of so shiny things. They can paint a picture and make, them, make a man or a woman look as perfect and no blemishes as anything else. Why? Because they know sex sells. I'm, I'm trying to be real this morning. I hope you understand. I'm not, I'm not wanting anybody to get mad, get upset. But I want us to realize that when we're living in the flesh, we're not living in the will of God in our life. And, and it's, it's starting that process of slowly dying because we're scooting ourselves away further and further from the table God has prepared for us. And sh- will it be easy to get, at, get back from that and to leave that? No, because why? Because our flesh enjoys it. So it doesn't matter if you're, if you're 15 or if you're 45, if you're living in that life, you're, you're not sitting at the table living under the Spirit of God as you need to. That's the truth of the Word. I pray that every time we come here, we hear the truth of the Word of God, and that's what the Word of God says. The lusts of the flesh are these. Fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath. I saw these last night. I saw a lot of these at work last night. I got called to help go do, go help move something for somebody. And when I got there, I got into a situation and escalated to a point that I didn't know it was going to be like that. And it was all lust of the flesh that was going on. And sure, was I scared? No, I was nervous. There might have been a pistol in my back pants pocket. Cause I didn't know what was going on. And you pull up and there's cop cars there, you don't know what's happening. People, somebody's face is bloody. I mean, it, it, it escalated. I believe it would have escalated more, but what I done standing there, I wasn't shouting out loud, but I was praying the whole time. I said, in the mighty name of Jesus, you evil spirits gotta go away from here. I don't care if they're not born again or whatever. I will not be in the midst of it. And you cannot stand and be in the midst of the name of Jesus when I speak it as a child of God. And and sure, I, I didn't lay hands on nobody. I didn't pray for nobody. I got to witness to a couple of people. But I believe that if I hadn't have been bold in that, that things might have escalated worse. And you say how do you know? I don't know. Okay? Let me think that. Let me believe that because I know the word of God's true and real. And that the that the devil cannot be in the presence when the name of Jesus is spoken and the spirit is there, he cannot be around. Does that mean I believe the spirit of God's here this morning? I do. But I do know that the devil works beyond those doors right there too. That He will bring a spirit of contention in here, a spirit of hatred, a spirit of jealousy, an outburst of wrath, selfish ambitions. He'll bring all those works right here. And as I'm preaching, you're getting madder and madder because you don't want to hear it. And that's works of the flesh. But you know what can get through that? The name of Jesus. The power that Jesus gave us to speak over those things and get out of those way and get it and then you've got to make a decision that I'm not gonna live that way any longer. I don't care how hard it is, I don't care who gets mad, I don't care what goes on, I'm not gonna live that way. And and we're gonna go on and I'm gonna be the man of God. I'm gonna be the woman of God. Teenagers to adults all all around. You've got the same ability to be the man or woman of God as I do. You just gotta take advantage of it. Pull yourself up to the table. And listen to what God has. And remove all the other stuff out of the way. Dissensions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I've also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You know how you get good at something? You practice. I've, I've, now, lying? I've always been an awful liar. I've not practiced at it enough. Because I always get myself in trouble. Smiling. Gabby's like, you can't lie good. It's a good thing. Because if I could, then I would have lied a lot more in my life, but I always get caught. But these works of the flesh, these things that make us feel good, just gives us pleasure for that moment. And you all know in your life what it is. What it what it is, what what brings you pleasure. It could be it could be eating too much. It could be all these things. It, just that simple a thing that that's where you find your comfort and peace. When our comfort and peace should be found in the Word of God. And, and that's where our comfort should be at. That's where, that's where our hope lies in. Not in the things of this world as we've said over and over through this message. That those things are just the shiny baits that the devil's trying to make us grab. And when we get into them and he starts reeling us in, you know, just as a fish, he'll, he'll fight back for a few minutes, won't he? He'll start going the other way. We gotta, gotta loosen our drag up to where it can go on because it's a nice one. It's a good one. And then we start reeling it in some more. And then he goes back out and we're back in. And, and we, and then finally he gives up and bring him to the boat. We get him in. We're proud of it. No different in our own life. We're fighting against Satan every day. Fighting against the temptations of this world that just mess and plague our mind. And and we go one way, we're like, no, I, I don't need to do that. me we go back, and then, then it pulls us back in. And the next thing we know, if we don't watch it, because we've stepped over that edge, and we just lay down. There's a way back from that. But we've got to decide to get up. Because as we do that, the devil is bringing us in and say, look what I got. Look what I got. They thought they were this, they thought they were that, but they're not. You ever tried to get a fish off and it just its fin gets you? You know what I'm talking about. And we're like, God, and we let it go, falls back into the water. When are we going to get to that point in our own life to get tired of the mess that we're living in, tired of the situations that we're in, each and every day, big or small? They may be small to some people, but they're big to you. And quit looking around at what's going on and pull ourselves up and stay at the table. Because there's change and there's problems that we hold on to day after day after day because we don't want to get for the help. We don't want to get the help that we need. We don't want to really know what God has for us. We don't want to really let them go because it's not going to be easy. But we've got to. If we're going to be the people of God that He's called us to be and the church that He's called us to be, then we're going to have to let these things go. We're going to have to be real with ourselves. And real were the things in our life. So the next time we see that shiny thing, whatever it is, we all know, we've, we've read about it in, in, in 1 John chapter 2, wasn't it? That ain't up on the screen. It won't be. But we read this last year. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15 says, Do not love the things of this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Not maybe, not a little, not, well, I can love this, but, and not and God, I still love God. No. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The three things that Satan brought to Adam and Eve right then, at the tree, at the tree and that fruit he's still bringing around to us today is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. That's where we want to be, doing the will of God. Doing what He's called us to do. Whether you know or not, the only way you're going to find out what God wants you to do in your life is to be at the table. Looking to Him. Opening the Word. Reading it. Asking God, hey, give me wisdom of what this means, what, what, what this has for my life. And, and then live that life every day. Live that life every day. It's doable. This is not some fairy tale that I'm preaching. Okay? Where there's been people after person after person after person that we can go to to say, hey, they can do it. Hey, they've done it. Hey, they've done it. Read about them in the Word of God. Examples of how people live the life that God's called them to live and stop looking at the things of this world. So this morning, my challenge to you is, and I hope you have done some of that while the sermons went on today, is to search yourself. And if there's things in your life that you're holding on to, that's those shiny things of this world, that's those works of the flesh that we read about, that you're tired of it enough to let it go. But you have to be tired of it enough. You have to be the one that wants to let it go. You have to be the one that puts a foot down and says, I'm not going to deal with it anymore. I'm not going to live this way anymore. I'm not going to act this way anymore. I'm not going to talk this way anymore. And let God work and move in your life. So, y'all stand this morning. I want everybody to bow their heads. Close our eyes and just be respectful in the time that we're here and and listen to what God has for us. Salvation is the easiest thing that we can do. I told the gentleman last night. I said the only way that you're going to live different and and start to break out of this area that you and your family's in is to make Jesus order your life. You know he he had told me before he didn't really believe in God, and he told me last night he said I just he said. I ain't saying I ain't saying there is a God. I just don't know if I believe in Him. I said, "Well, faith is believing in a God you can't see, but knowing that He's real." We didn't get to pray last night for for Him to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, but I'll get to see Him pretty much every day, and 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 I hope and pray that I can say the things that I need to, that God would have me to, to where this young man will leave, will, will accept Jesus and and have Jesus become His Lord and Savior. But This morning, the same invitation is open to anybody here. If Jesus is not Lord of your life, then today is the day to make that decision. You will never know how to sit or will never be able to sit at the table that God has prepared for us and everything that you need if at first you don't make Jesus Lord of your life. So if that's you this morning, then while every head bowed and every eye closed, you can start some music, Cole you raise your hand we just want to pray